Happy November. This month's episode is a replay from my interview with staff writer of the Chucky series, Kim Garland, where we talk about the show and how she became to be staffed on Chucky and work in such an iconic room, but also building out this season with all the new characters and the old ones as well. So please enjoy this. This originally aired on Final Drafts podcast Right On, which I'm a frequent co-host on. So if you like what you heard here, go check out their podcast because I have many, many more interviews like this. Now, I'm going to tell you what it is, okay? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls getting their white asses cut the fuck up, okay? Yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no, all I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical for excluding African-American elements. Well, that's how you get your PhD in black cinema, sister soldier. right on everyone it's Charday here again and it's finally happening if you've been listening to the podcast for over a year which I know you have been you know that I have been trying to track down this guest specifically to talk about this show since she came on our panel I don't even know how long ago it was maybe last year or a while ago anyway I'm here with Kim Garland one of the staff writers on the new Chucky series. Hi, Kim. Hi, Charday. I am so happy to be here with you. It is really always a pleasure. And and since we're like friends, friends in real life, it's this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be a blast. <laughs> it is. We we were patient. I've been at. I literally, you guys. I've been in her Twitter DMs almost every three months, going, "Hey, can I talk about Chucky now?" <laughs> and she goes, "No, <laughs> no." <laughs> I, I know you've been incredibly patient and I feel like we're being so rewarded because we're getting the chance to talk about it af- uh, after the pilot airs, which just opens up so much more conversation for us. So that's it's super cool. That's true. All good things come for those who wait. <laughs> Had we had done the interview before, I just would have asked like technical writing questions. But now I've seen the show and I have so many good questions to ask. <laughs> I'm sure the audience wants to know, too. So this is your official spoiler alert. I normally don't do spoilers. You guys know that. But I'm too excited as a horror fan, as a Chucky fan, we're going to go into the episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, you can go ahead and just pause this playlist and come back to it after you've seen the show. You're going to enjoy it and you're going to understand more once you've seen the show, which, by the way, I watched it on Hulu because it was streaming through Sci-Fi, which is so funny because I don't have cable anymore. And I just think it's, I think that's a fun fact because I'm like, I don't have a cable box, but I always have a Hulu there and I can rewind it and I can fast forward it. And it makes me so happy as someone who grew up in the nineties. And that wasn't an option. You miss the show. You miss the show. I saw it on Hulu. I saw the, the uh, West coast uh, airing on Hulu as well. <laughs> so, yes. See, it was it's perfect, the future. Yeah. Okay. So be- before we dive into the show, let's go ahead and give people a brief background of how you came to be in the Chucky writer's room. Okay. Yeah. So I came to LA about four years ago, already, you know, uh, making horror short films, writing, crewing, doing all those things you do. Um, I'm originally from New York City. And um, when I got out here, I I was, you know, it's so different, the Hollywood landscape than the New York City landscape in terms of this industry. It's just so big out here. And I really didn't know how to tackle it. Um, And so I I made the choice to kind of, you know, I write and I'm direct and I've been doing, you know, film. But I made the choice to really focus all of my efforts on one way to break in. To be honest, I really wanted the opportunity to work at this level, to work professionally at this level. And so I really focused on TV writing. 
it felt like the absolute best match for my voice for the type of stories I tell. It, it just felt, and, and here's the truth. I didn't have any TV writing samples when I made this choice. So it was really brave and bold looking back, but it was one of those things where I thought, look, I, I, I've spent, I spent 10 years basically getting to that point, learning a ton, writing and crewing and, and directing and doing everything I could to learn. And I kind of, the one thing I felt really confident about was even if I'm starting from scratch with samples, all of the skills that I've acquired to this point, I, I really believe they would all just come through. And so I, I wasn't worried about making a choice where I didn't have samples and more focused on where did I think I was the best match? Because I, I would then have the best chance of breaking in through that door. Um, and so that's what I did. I took um, classes here in LA at Script Anatomy and wrote a pilot, wrote a spec, and then and just really tried to learn as much as I can to submit to the fellowships, to all the fellowship programs. I was very fortunate. I was accepted into the Blacklist uh, and Women in Film Episodic Lab. Mm. And it was through that lab that I would became repped. And that, and so I was with the manager. And that manager was the one who, you know, I mean, it was like two weeks before he, you know, since he'd rep me when he said, um, so what do you think about Chucky? Chucky's coming up. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> so new to me. Like he could have come in and said, what do you think of, you know, making a show about a slipper? And I would have been like, I'm really excited about that. You know, <laughs> sounds good. But the truth, right. But the truth is it's, it's Chucky. So I was, you know, I had the chance to interview for it and meet Don Mancini. And we spent time, you know, just really talking and getting, getting to know each other enough to get a sense if he thought I would be a good match for the room, for the show, to fill out, you know, really, you know, I was I'm the staff writer, so I'm, you know, I was the lowest level writer, but to really fill out his room. And for that interview, I, mean, I just prepared so hard. Every fiber of my being went into this, just investigating every single thing I could about Don. And I found this great little tidbit in my, my research, and this is what I'm, I want to tell the writers, research, 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 because I discovered that Don directed an episode of uh, and it wrote an epitales uh, from the crypt, and it happens oh. to be an ep- yeah, yeah. It happens to be an episode that takes place in a funeral home, and my family owns a funeral home, and I grew up above our funeral home. <laughs> I never knew this about you. I'm learning yeah, so much. You were learning so much, and so that little tidbit was just one more way to just show him that, like, I, I really want this so badly. There's every part of me is going to show up here, ready to work with you, and, and I think it all came through in that interview. And then after that, it was all pretty quick, and and I was in the room. Um, oh, so it really was brilliant. focus, obviously always hustle. And from my point of view, I'm a little research junkie. I believe in researching things so you can go into conversations and just feel really confident that you're ready to roll. And that is such a great just overview of one path, right? That that happened to be your path. And there's so many different paths. But what I'm really getting from what you said is that you did the work and you had work to show. And that was how you got into these things. And did, so that's the biggest lesson and takeaway I hope everyone takes is like you have to do the work and have to have the physical work to be seen to get to those areas. So what was the first Trekkie film you've ever seen? Like, was it in order? No, was, not at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. So I'm pretty sure the first one I saw was probably Child's Play 2. And mm. then I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the next one I saw was Bride. <laughs> like just jumping around. What a jump. Yeah. I was like, what a jump. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the interview, for meeting Don and getting to come and talk about the show, I sat down one weekend and I watched all seven films in a row, just back to back to back to back to back to back. Oh, you binged. Yes. I binged it hard. And it was, <laughs> and a lot of it was, I really wanted to just take the, like the full journey and kind of compress what he had done in 30 years and just be able to just step through them back to back and get a taste for where he was as a writer, where he is, how he developed into a director. I mean, it was just, it was so informative about him 
But the truth is, I enjoyed watching those films so much. My husband and son joined me. We sat down for a weekend. We watched seven films together as a family. And it, and it was, I mean, we started oh. off in, the, in this like classic horror mode and then went all the way to, to the full satire. And then it comes back around to be, you know, other classic horror. And it was just wonderful. I, I wanted it so badly after that. And I knew I could, I could contribute like in this world. Chucky it brings families together. I remember my quick little Chucky story is I was terrified. Absolutely ter- I was like eight when Bride and, and um, Seed came out. So when I would see the Chucky doll, like this is how I'm also aging myself in the window of the um, what's that that gothic store that's in all the malls. Do you remember? See, now I don't remember it. There's a gothic store in all the malls that would have this Chucky doll in their window. And I would cry, literally cry to my mother every time we passed by that that window in the mall. So I was terrified of him for so long until I got to college. And I was like, well, I'm going to rewatch the movies. And then I was like, oh, it's not so bad. This is actually really great. What was I so scared of? So I think that's, that's my little a universal yeah. experience. Yeah. I've talked yeah. to a lot of people and and folks tend to see these movies like really, really young. I think there's a little bit of a rope-a-dope with the doll. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like parents are like, oh, this can't be so bad, you know? And it's and then all of a sudden your kid's like either turns into the biggest horror fan or is now scared of dolls the rest of their life. Or is now scared of dolls. Yeah. 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 Which happened. My grandmother. Yeah. She would give us porcelain dolls for Christmas and I smashed them because I was so afraid that they were like, I've had nightmares that Chucky was my brother. Like my, when my baby brothers were born, they're twins. I had a dream that I went to their bed and it was Chucky. So he lives in my world, in my orbit for so long. So it's nice to be on good terms with him now. Like we're good friends. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've met on the middle ground. So let's don't jump into this pilot. Don't trust him though. I'll tell you, don't trust him. I know. I always have my guard down with it's Chucky. always the friend till the end. Never buy that. <laughs> but you know what? That's, let's talk talk about that because that's really what's brilliant about his character because he yes he's a serial killer i'm not justifying these people i promise you but he lives by his own set of rules and code like in in the show especially it's it's jake right the teenager yeah Yeah. he doesn't put up with the bullying he that's what he won't do And, and that's almost like yeah, Chucky, you kill people for fun, but but he has his own set of codes. We're like, yeah, but I draw the line at like bullying. <laughs> like, that's that's never going to be my thing. I love it. I love I it so much. Great. I think that's part of the fun of it of it being. You know, I mean, Charles Lee Ray is is a guy. He's a person. Like, it's not. He's not a. You know, obviously the trans the transference into the Chucky doll is supernatural, but we still have basically that character. So he's going to be have all the quirks of a regular person. He's, you know, he's, he's not a big, formidable, quiet character, let's say like a Michael right. Myers kind of thing. It's so different. Right. And so as like, you know, a, a regular Joe serial killer, we'll call him, that's uh, part of what's so interesting about his journey. I mean, could you, like, Chucky has a family. Could you imagine some of yeah. these other slashers having a family? Um, and I think that's part of what's so fun is he's able to, because, you know, inherently the character is this guy, who, you know, has finally, by the time we made him in, in the end of the series, he's given up on trying to go back in a human body and fully right. embracing the doll. But it's still a person in there that's living and evolving and changing. And even his points of view, if they evolve, well, yeah, all of our points of view evolve. So he's super fun to work with. Right. And yes, he may be using Jake. Like I could totally see that. Like, oh, he needs this kid to kind of be around because he needs like someone to do his bidding. But I do feel like there's a small part of Chucky that just doesn't like to see 
the little guy being beat down because he was that guy, you know, like I love in the beginning of the episode, you do the flashes of like his childhood. It's very quick. It's very brief. It's just kind of like an overview, which brings me to my next question. So you're in the writer's room. It's day one. We have over 20 years of Chucky content to kind of compact for new viewers. Like the old viewers are like, yeah, I know all this, but you still have to catch up new people and who weren't around. So what are the conversations like on day one? Like, where are we starting? Or did you have a plan? Did Don have a plan? And then it's like, okay, we already know where to go. Yeah, I think I think Don had a rough plan. And I think his plan was was very, very smart with the plan being to start this show, introducing Chucky through characters who don't really know who he is or know what he is. And, um, and that gives a, the, us a time to really introduce the audience to this story world. Because that's really what you have to do is you have to kind of get them into the story and the characters. And anyone can start Chucky with no sense of, of the whole franchise and still really successfully enter the world. And then, then the challenges come, obviously, when we start really bringing in those franchise characters is how do you introduce them in a way to catch up the people who or have not been watching the franchise without you know, wasting the time of the people who have. So I think that was probably one of the more delicate work um, is really that transition where we start bringing in the characters from the franchise and we want new viewers to know who they are and why they matter and really how they've been impacted by you know 30 plus years of chucking in their life. But I think Don's plan to kind of start us in one story and start feathering in the franchise characters so we can give people who don't know the franchise a chance to figure out who everyone is. So when we get to this, you know, like the back half of the season, you know, and, and characters start showing up, hopefully there'll be enough context for new viewers that they'll get that, you know, this is a world that's been going on for a long time, yet it's so easy to step in through the TV show get caught up and have like a really fun time with the show. And I love that because we we do get a brief hint at it when Andy, we know it's Andy, or at least the OGs know it's Andy, calls, calls Jake on the phone to basically say, hey, check the batteries. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I want you this doll, be careful. And I thought that was such a perfect way to do it by putting the doll on an eBay thing and it's going to sell it. It's very 2021, you know? I That's what I really love about Chucky, the series. You can follow every decade <laughs> like through the films. Yeah. Like yes. the technology. So speaking of Gen Z, who's very, they're the leads in this pilot for sure. We've got four Gen Z players. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I believe this is the first time Don has used an openly, well, he's kind of open. Jake is in and out, but there are openly gay characters in this pilot piece as the leads. And I don't think I've seen that through the Chucky series. And it's probably a question for him, but how important was it in the room to represent the queer community, especially because I know Don is queer himself. So what were the discussions like with that? Like, we need to represent this community. We need to do it in a way that's honest and true. And I loved how it wasn't even like, it's not a big deal. It's a very 2021 way. You know, there's a kid that comes up in the hallways that's can you introduce me to your, your cousin, a boy. And it's just like, yeah, right. no, he, that's it. There's no big deal about this. Like, oh, he goes, oh, I'm sorry. You're just not my type. I love yeah. that. It feels like I've, we've watched the series grown up with the times and, and so have I. And I just, I just wanted to know what the conversations were like in the room when we're dealing with, with the queer representation. So that was incredibly important to Don. And he has, you know, every right in the world to, to be able to take this series, develop a lead character that's really personal to him. I mean, he's mm -hmm. been he's been giving us these stories for so long. It's almost like an opportunity for him to to just take it the whole way, fully invest, you know, his personal point of view in it. The pilot was already written. 
when the room started. So, mm. so he had very well established. So Jake is out um, and he was out, you know, before this series starts. And so it's very well established that he was going to be an out character right from the beginning. Having Dawn in the room and knowing that a lot of these issues that, that Jake is dealing with are very tender and personal to Dawn, mm-hmm. we were able to really just dive into the work and Don was there to shepherd, like really when we would want to make choices about that relationship, about about Jake and Devin, you know, the two two of the leads, we would pitch anything we wanted. It was always so wonderful. He, he always is so open. And then if, and then if he saw an opportunity to refine an idea or take a little mm-hmm. moment from his life, which would elevate it, you know, so he was there doing that consistently. So so this is very much his vision to bring this character, this lead character of a major TV show to the world. And yet, and to very much bring it to the queer youth community. Like, you know, he didn't grow yeah. up with that. I didn't grow up with that. You didn't yeah, grow up with that. No, um, no. And, and it matters. It genuinely, genuinely matters that queer kids see themselves and and not, and see themselves as complex. You know, exactly. It's not yeah. simple. You know, a lot of times your queer characters, you know, you're very careful. You always, you know, once you get past the, the days of when they were always the villains, now we, you know, all our queer characters are a lot of times they don't seem complex enough because they have to then be really good guys. You're afraid of villainizing. Yeah. And I think that's part of why it feels so certainly fresh to me is the opportunity to show a character warts and all out of the queer community without any fear that, you know, this idea of villainizing or making too angelic, which often is what happens. Don doesn't have to really worry about that. He comes in it from a place of such authenticity bringing his own personal experiences so that Jake can be very complex and it's still very real. And and the best part about Chucky, the entire franchise, I would say that it's very different from a, a Freddie or a Jason or a Michael Myers is that he has this perfect balance between really dark serious moments and so funny kim we were dying laughing with each other on twitter because there were so many funny moments in this pilot and it shocked me i wasn't actually prepared for that i if you guys go to my instagram i am crying over these scenes especially when chucky smacks jake across the face oh my goodness Uh, so here's the thing that surprised me too like things like that I I can't remember if that was written in the script but somehow I doubt it somehow I feel like that's just like Don's genius you know when he gets there and and obviously it's perfectly shot edited acted so I mean it is a straight up b-slap just right (laughs) across this kid's and it shocks you because you didn't see it coming and 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 that, that moment also that we're discussing I believe yeah, that's the moment where that's an homage to the Karen Barkley moment yep. from Child's Play, from the original. I think it's almost mm-hmm. verbatim, but that's not how it ends in the, in the in Child's Play. The scene goes in a totally different direction. And so I feel yeah. like in a way it was like so genius to for, for the OG fans to be like, oh, my goodness, this is great. This is an homage to that classic Child's Play scene. And then it totally changes with that slap. It's, so good. it's shockingly funny that moment i just burst and i've seen it like three times now the pilot i just burst out laughing every time <laughs> this is a this is a show that will subvert your expectations because i in my head was like oh just smack this kid he's so annoying but he's never gonna do that and then he did and i went you know what i'm this i'm sold this is everything i wanted in a show it's so good and chucky is one of those rare Someone on set, um, on Twitter said he's an anti-hero and I might have to agree. I'm like rooting for him, especially when it comes to protecting Jake. I'm like, kill the dad, kill that mean girl, kill them all. And I know that's terrible, <laughs> but somehow Chucky makes the kills fun and he makes them interesting. I want to talk about that scene in the basement because you watched it as a viewer because, you know, 
the pilot was already written. And I mentioned this to you on Twitter that scared me. Like that was really when I actually was sold on the show the seat that, and I'm going to describe it to you guys. If you've seen it, it's literally Chucky has just killed Jake's dad, electrocuted him in the basement. And there's just flashes of light as Chucky's getting closer to Jake, who's mourning. And I was like, this is, this is scary. This is frightening. So I, I do want to know what is the balance? Cause I was actually shocked that you could curse on Netflix as <laughs> yeah. well. I was like, Oh, he's the same Chucky. And I think that was everyone's apprehension going into the first show. We're like, well, can we have the same Chucky if he's on TV, he's going to be restricted. Like the, those movies are hardcore rated R. And I was so happy to see this pilot to go. It's not fully blown. Like every F word, every five seconds, Chucky, but it's still got that humor, that dark humor. And it's so scary. So <laughs> what is it like working with the network? Like how many F words can we have in this episode? <laughs> so, th- so that is something wisely. Uh, Don actually negotiated very early on and, and, and not negotiated meaning like obviously the FCC isn't changing its mind for him, but um, was only going to land in a place where Chucky could be Chucky. And so obviously, and just like you, cable TV, I wasn't sure how far things could go. Um, Like we all know a streamer can go there all the time. So we weren't sure, you know, myself, I wasn't sure how far they were going. Then we got in the room. One of the things he told us early on was I think in the room he told us it was 13 can I, can I say the F word on 13 Fs? Yeah. <laughs> 13 F bombs. <laughs> I don't know. If, I think recently they said 10. It basically doesn't matter. There were so many that it's like no one was sitting there saying, oh, we better cut this one because we ran out. We better cut this one because we ran out. It's just write this script. Chucky is profane. Like the idea of Chucky not dropping F bomb. That's not our Chucky. And so Don yeah. made sure that he put the show in a place where our Chucky can be our Chucky, where he can stay you know, foul and violent and funny and dark and, and complex and, and a family man and all the wild things he is. So yeah, so having Chucky not be censored, including honestly in the violence, you know, that that's going to continue. Those kills are really important to the franchise. They're really mm-hmm. important, you know, certainly mm-hmm. to any horror movies, but slasher films in particular, so much as you want iconic kills, you want them big, you want them splash, you want them yep. memorable, you want, you know, um, so all of that is permissible. <laughs> so the TV show Great. will not have to hold back. And if anything, it, it really was always the desire to give more was what we talked about in the room. We we know there's fan expectations and we know expectations are that we can't say whatever we want or have violent kills or have a lot of gore, mm-hmm. or all these things. So our, our goal in so many moments, we're like, if we want to do X, can we do X plus one? Is there one more level of like yeah. amazing chuckiness we can add to this moment or this kill or this scene or this, you know, whatever it is to make sure those who love Chucky are feeling like, like the TV show is giving them fresh new materials. Like we would like to compete with like the greatest Chucky kills, like those awesome super yeah. cuts. If some of the, the kills on the show get in there, that's like, to me, that's like a huge win. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so excited. This is so messed up. I'm excited every week to come back to see the kills. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Look, so much of it. And this is what I love about horror fans. Look, people who don't get it, don't get it. And I, and I really yeah. understand that from the outside, it looks, it looks barbaric what we're into. But I think right. so much of what's not understood is the incredible appreciation of effects makeup out of the horror community mm-hmm. and, and pr- practical effects in particular, but really just great makeup effects just matters to horror fans. So it's not a matter of statism when you get in there to create an amazing kill. Like you're really going in there to try to create something where even the, you know, even the most hardened horror fan will look at that and be like, 
I don't know how they did that, but that was amazing. Or, you know, like things like oh, we've seen so many amazing makeup effects where, where you can't stop talking about it later. And I think that's so yeah. much of what people who like horror are into is the kills are great because we're just all one upping each other in terms of these incredible practical effects. And I think that's what horror people get that sometimes horror people, non-horror people don't. A lot of those kills are about how spectacular can you make, honestly, the artwork, you know, and that's how I see it. And it really is. It honestly is artwork from the production design. Because first of all, Chucky's uncle's house is ridiculous. And I saw <laughs> Chucky's uncle's house, not Chucky's uncle's house, sorry, Jake's uncle. When Jake has to go right. live with his uncle, I was like, that is a grandiose. That is a beautiful home. But it was remis- reminiscent of one of the later Chucky films. I can't remember which one, but it was the one that had- Curse of, um, Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was that done on purpose? Right? It looks okay. like that house. It does look like it. I think really what's on purpose is um, ultimately is is Don has this really wonderful appreciation of when you bring together dark and light, violence and beauty. He loves that the really high end aesthetic being brought brought into horror world. I like that. Gothic horror. It is. It's romantic horror. I like it. I, I agree. And I, I actually think it's his style and it's just so it's his work is so beautiful. Mm. And then it's it's juxtaposed to the violence, which I think, you know, it's part of Chucky's thing. So this show really gives Don a chance to lean into his aesthetic and bring us that beautiful, lush world that you're starting to see in on the trailers and and blend it with our, you know, our, our favorite slasher, that kind of thing. But yeah, it, yeah, it's very purposeful. All these choices he was making to create this sort of hyper stylized world um which is yeah. such a great place for chucky to live in did you get to go to set Mm-mm. you didn't make, was it was a pandemic yeah yeah covid i think it's kept like sadly all the writers offset these days i got i got to go to a little premiere party though nice. on tuesday and so i got to meet jennifer tilly and angel uh, on earth we love I her no i know, that was, her. You know those are like those special moments and she was she was everything you think she is in the absolute <laughs> best way just 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 spectacular like just such such a blessing right <laughs> i mean actually, but now that you mentioned it that first episode it didn't give us any ogs yet like you said but i'm so excited to see them come i think it was brilliant that we got to meet the new class almost to invest in them because i'm invested in jake I, oh, yeah. I want the best for Jake. Mm-hmm. I want Jake to get along and, and stick up for himself and grow a spine. And I hope Chucky, this is like a weird, like buddy, buddy comedy. Like I'm, I'm hoping he does grow a pair through Chucky, but not a murderous pair, but like more so like stand up for yourself, Jake. You're, you're a smart, good looking kid. You're kind. I don't want these people running over you. I'm, you know, so I can't wait to see how Jake arcs over the season from how we met him, especially with all these new players coming in. I'm just really excited about that. But um, I was wondering because the doll itself, like Chucky's for the most part has stayed in the same vein. His face during Curse of Chucky, did he had some Botox done, I could tell. He had a little work done around Curse, but he, he looks good here. So just the animatronics and all of the, I wanna know, like, was it puppeteering? Was it, <laughs> I don't know if you know these answers. Like I, I do. How is I do. it done? Okay. So it is, it's all practical. So and, uh, so the entire puppet, and I feel, I hate using that word. So the, t- the entire animatronic, just sounds so much yeah. worthy of Chucky <laughs> is is fully practical. One of so I, I actually got to hear Don talk about this recently. And it was wonderful. What's what's new? What's the CG part is actually something that we're all doing today. We don't think about it. all the puppeteers. They no longer have to build a stage six feet above. You know, the whole set had to have a have a six foot right. space underneath. 
for all the films uh, up to a certain point. I remember if it was up until Curse, maybe, because they, yeah. they you couldn't just take the puppeteers out of the shot. So today, basically, they can have the puppeteers in, in there and they're probably in the green suits. And uh, and now the, they can be taken out, but it changes the opportunity. I mean, building every set with six feet below it is prohibitively expensive. So to yeah. take that whole element out of it and be able to simply take the puppeteers out using CG, but the entire work of Chucky that you're seeing, and this is the great Tony Gardner, makeup legend, who did Chucky, certainly for our show. And so you're able to really lean into, you know, that that's practical. You know, and I know some people are looking Amazing. at it and saying it has to have a little CG because his face is moving very smoothly. That's right. just really modern animatronics in the hands of a master. You know, so it looks Tony so Gardner good. came in and nailed it almost to the point where I want to tell people like we're doing now. It really is practical. We promise. It's just they're so talented. You're convinced there has to be CG involved. No, uh, it yeah. looks so good. There's it, on my Instagram. I posted the clip, the clip where the blonde is in the classroom, like waiting for the principal to come. And Chucky just jumps off the desk. I died laughing, first of all, because it was just like the, the audacity of this doll. <laughs> just Like, you know, in previous Chucky movies, he would just wait for like half the movie to reveal himself. But now he's like, I don't care. Let me just, let me just go scare this girl. But how smooth that jump was. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> this is the production quality is so good. It really is. I mean, and again, like even like the last shot, you know, that last scene we were talking about with Jake and Chucky, seeing him standing like the full head to toe shot is such a big deal for Chucky. Like it yeah. just takes so much time, so many people there. Like those shots are gold. So really every time you see the, the, the a little tip, like you see him head to foot, that mm -hmm. is like a major, major shot. When you see him walking, that's a whole nother ball game. Like, like again, it just takes so many people to get in there and bring him to life that when we, when you're able to get those really exciting shots of Chucky walking into a room, like that's yeah. a big, awesome deal. And this show is absolutely going to try to really let you spend time with Chucky. So you will see just all, you know, all, just basically all the amazingness that he is today, what they've created yeah. um, visually is, is, is just so striking. It honestly felt like a love letter to the fans. And that's why I appreciate Don so much because he is, if anything, true to his fan base, he, he, he'll try new things. He'll throw it in there, but he's like, I know what you guys want. I know what you like, and I'm going to make sure I hit it. And he nailed it in that pilot. <laughs> I was so impressed. I, you know, you go in with apprehensions because you see all these remakes happening. We're not going to name any names, but while we're recording this, there's one coming out tomorrow. And um, you're just like so disappointed with the reimagining. And then that's because they have different creators on board for almost every project. Don has been with it since day one. And so he knows everything about Chucky and knows what we like and knows what we react to. And I just, what was it like sitting there on Twitter, going through everyone's tweets, just raving over the show? I have to be honest. I was actually just, I was really blown away. Like you want that response. Don't get me wrong, but it is so complicated. A 30 plus year franchise, a huge yeah. fan base who's really just so passionate about this series, meaning the whole franchise, everything there. And it, you always have that feeling, you know, you can't please everyone. There's always that feeling, right? And, so, and yeah. so Don is super conscious of the fan base and he really genuinely cares. It's not like we had a room where it was like, you know, screw the fans, we're going to do whatever we want. Like completely the opposite. There is so much appreciation and affection from our team toward the fans that disappointing the fan base would have been a huge miss. That's just yeah. the truth. We would have just missed the mark. Even if newbies came in and they were like, I love this show. And the fans were like, this is not my Chucky. Oh, that would have been so hard. 
because that's that's who it's for. We're hoping to bring lots of new fans and then we'll be caring for them as, you know, as the series yeah. moves forward, right? But, you know, yeah, Don, absolutely. He's so, he's so there for the fans. He really gets it. He wants you to have a great time. Again, not going to name names, but we've been down this road before with a similar Chucky series that disappointed us so thoroughly about two, three years ago. We're not going to name <laughs> names, but it came into theaters and it that was like a slap in the face. And that's because Don wasn't involved in, you know, patience is beauty because we all waited mm-hmm. as Chucky fans to say, let's just wait for the series. Let's just wait mm-hmm. for the real thing. And then we got, we got this beautifully set up <laughs> this beautiful. I could not have watched a better pilot, honestly, for the show. Mm-hmm. And so what was your biggest lesson you learned while in the writer's room working on Chucky? Well, for me, honestly, like almost everything, cause it was my first writer's room. So we all co-wrote episodes. This is, mm-hmm. so this is great, great uh, lineage from Brian Fuller on Hannibal to Nick and Tosca mm. on Channel Zero to Dom Mancini on Chucky. And it's it's wow. kind of like starting with Brian Fuller, kind of showing how to run a room really well in a really healthy way. And I do mean that. Like, you know, I know there's so much going on right now with people, you know, crew needing mm-hmm. sleep and safety and protecting themselves. And this, it's so critical. So we had the, the incredible fortune of coming out of that lineage of showrunners who really see the basic humanity as as seriously the least they can do like like this is these were showrunners who have reasonable hours reasonable breaks everything was just so humane so i think i know it's a strange thing to say because you know hopefully someday i'll have a show of my own but i i want to believe i'm going to come out of that that lineage honestly like so we can then track it from brian to nick to to don to me and say that i wouldn't that be cool but to be able Mm -hmm. to say that that we all came into this, you know, with, with really open, warm hearts, but also had a role model as a, you know, as a showrunner. And I believe yeah. for all three of us, the first show, no, not for Nick, but, you know, as a showrunner who really knew how to run a great room. So I think what I learned was what a great room looks like, <laughs> how to run a great, healthy writer's room. And that is something, if you can learn, if you get lucky enough to get in a room like that early, then you're a lot less likely to put up with like the BS that other other rooms might expect from you. You know, it can be done on time, on budget, make, make your audience happy and we can all have personal lives and we can all be healthy and friendly. So I hope that's what I took away was someday be able to run a room like Don ran it. Gosh, that's lovely to hear because you hear so <laughs> many literal horror stories of writer's yeah. rooms from things that you love. And then that makes me really sad, but it, it sounds like it was an amazing experience from start to finish. That's that's an amazing first room experience <laughs> that not many people get, not even their 20th, 30th rooms or whatever. Without giving any details away, what... Okay, I'll do it this way. Give me three adjectives to describe the rest of the season for Chucky. Then okay. we don't spoil anything. Heartfelt, batshit, and spectacular. What? Uh, that's perfect because that's literally what it is. And then, so what are you working on now? Where are you? What are you doing? I see you're in your, oh, that chair. You know, that's my favorite chair in the background. Oh, that one back you know there. I yeah, talk I know. about that chair every time I see it. I love that damn thing. <laughs> and you and I live close to each other. So I'm going to have to bring you over and just put you in that chair. We're just going to have to come have you just relax in that chair. That's the thing. I'm bringing like. the U-Haul over and I'm taking the chair. So <laughs> oh, Okay, we'll have to get a second chair. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But what are, what are you up to? Are you still doing horror stuff? Absolutely. I wrapped another show. I did a Netflix show, um, a series called The Imperfects. It's coming out in 2022. And that show is a sci-fi horror comedy, you know, a, a story. It's like a mad scientist and the monsters that their, you know, DNA manipulation has created. I like it. That sort I like of it thing. Already. So, 
So definitely everyone should be looking out for that in 2022. And then on my own, you know, I'm writing, I'm developing, I'm doing all those things that you do. Basically I'm hustling. And, and that's always the thing. Like, obviously there's that feeling, oh, if only you could break in, right? And I'm a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent there with everybody. Yep. You know, yep. I'm two I'm two years after breaking in, 10 years before, trust me, I'm still 100% mentally there, but it's always, always the hustle. You know, when you break in, it's, it's, it still has all the same challenges in terms of you just got to work so hard um, and you yeah. always have to be trying to do something. And, you know, it's, it's all that same stuff. So I am in, in hustle mode and anticipating uh, another show coming out next year. And then honestly, I'm super excited to finish watching the season with everybody else of Chucky. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, it, it, this is going to be such a fun ride. Like, I'm excited to even just just be there with everyone and watching it. I'm going to be there week to week. And I usually don't do that for shows. That, that's really new for me. I'm not the kind of person that likes to watch a show with the with the internet because I like to watch it my own time. But this was really fun to tweet with people. <laughs> yeah. You talking to me, me talking to you. It was really fun. <laughs> Halloween's coming up. What are you going to be? Anything are you dressing up? I know it seems late. I haven't decided yet. It's one of those things. I'm a weird kind of last minute. I don't know why. Like I kind of like last minute it. So I I, I probably am not going to do anything Chucky because it's on the a little on the nose. But I'm also can't guarantee I won't. Like <laughs> it's pretty much like it, over this weekend. I'm going to just make some choices and go pick up a few little things and figure. You out what you could be the cat because that so I forgot to mention that when he talks about the cat in that last scene, I I laughed so hard. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the cat. You mean your dad? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so good. That, that is a very funny line. Again, Chuck, so he really is funny. And, and I think very much like a Freddy Krueger and, and Freddy was one of my favorite mm-hmm. growing up. I, I think I do like that combining my slasher with like that kind of a personality. Like, you yeah. know, there's something about having, you know, that, that smart talking, wise cracking. No, no, I, I personally like it. <laughs> I liked it too. I like, I, we could laugh together, but I could never turn my back towards him. Cause I know no. he stabbed me in it without hesitation. Literally, He's just yeah. the best character. Well, Kim, thank you. We did this. It's amazing. We finally did it. And it was, like you said, it was perfect timing because the show is so good. And I know it's only going to get better from here. I can't believe how much y'all nailed this. I mean, I can believe it, but also Against all odds, 20, 30 years in the game, every time someone comes against Chucky, he always wins. And the TV show is no different. I look forward to hopefully many, many seasons of it because I do think it works great for TV. And I can't, I want Jake to take Chucky to college with him. Maybe can I want him to take him <laughs> when he gets married. I want, I want a whole thing. I love it. And I'm also really scared for Jake. I'm gonna tell you that right now because the mm-hmm. writer in me is like, mm-hmm. y'all gonna put mm-hmm. him through some stuff. And you're going to, I'm going to be mad. You might get some hate tweets from me, but it's all just, no, it's not personal. It's like, I'm just a fan. (laughs) To be honest, and people like I watched one guy tweeting when he was watching it and he was just yelling and screaming so much stuff and it was cracking, but it was love. Like he was like, I don't know why you do this. And I don't know why you do that. And I'm like, love, I just love that. I mean, again, I've been going to horror movies and theaters forever. We all know that's what we do. We're like, don't go there. Like, and just see people have that experience. Hate tweet me, girl. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to be like, leave Jake alone. I'm going to start my own campaign. Hashtag leave Jake alone. Stop it. That is fair. (laughs) But that means you're invested. That's why, like, how how in the world could I, like, not love having someone say, don't touch that character, whatever you do? And and I obviously, I can't promise that. It's Chucky. But (laughs) I know. And you, you you don't have to say it out loud, but I look forward to the day that Andy gets to meet Jake. Mm hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I just think 
if that happens, I'm not saying I know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but if that happens, it will make my heart flutter because it, it's full circle. It's full circle moment. Well, that's it. If that happens, that's part of the, the, the beauty of the series is for Jake and Andy, if they meet, these have basically Andy is what Jake could be if 30 years mm-hmm. go by and he has mm-hmm. checked, you know, I mean, so, so I, I actually, that's part of what I love about actually diving into the old characters like Andy, like Kyle from Child's Play too. I, I don't, I don't feel like, and I feel like actually Halloween is doing that very well right now. The idea of these multi-decade franchises, if you haven't broken continuity and you have some of the same characters, these are traumatized people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like particularly Andy and Kyle were an opportunity to kind of look at at how traumatized you would be if this really was your life. So you do have to kind of move quickly in a horror show. Like, you know, you can't spend too much time like, hey, you know, you have, you have no choice but to move along. But I felt yeah. like Andy and Kyle gave us a chance to look at, really look at, at the impact without having to like slow down the show and show it, you know, necessarily on, on this new set of characters. But, but it's clear. Once you see them, you'll, you'll realize, yeah, this is not easy. This is not easy being in this world, but they're badasses. So, you know, they'll figure yes. it out. And my boy Jake needs a team behind him. He, he don't have a team yet. He needs a roster. Someone needs to tag in and help him. He don't have a daddy no more, not a mama. Mm-hmm. His cousin is shysty. I can't wait to see what's going on over there because a part of me likes him and a part of me is like, I'll hope Chucky gets your ass tonight. But I, I'm like, give him a second. Maybe he'll grow and breathe. Maybe it is the one. But anyway, that's honestly the brilliance of your show is the characters. Your characters are flawless and whatever happens in plot, I'm invested in all of them. So I think that's just a testament to the writer's room and the show running and obviously Don and Kim, my friend, congratulations. <laughs> I hope you have a big glass of white wine. Um, it's good for the heart, um, but also just to <laughs> celebrate your hard work and let me know what that Halloween costume is going to be. I, every year say I'm going as Darth Maul and it never happens, but maybe this year, I don't know. <laughs> if you need somebody to do your makeup, I might be able to come over and do Darth Maul makeup. Like, so my, my one, like, my stupid human trick is I can do um, Gene Simmons makeup, like the kiss makeup. <laughs> so like, um, if anyone wants, for Halloween, I could definitely do that. But like, <laughs> let me think about it because I didn't know it was an option, but that, that is very tempting. We do live down the street from each other. Okay. <laughs> let me find some plans for Halloween because I'm not just going to walk around with Darth Maul makeup looking like no, crazy. No, I was going to say, 99% you should probably be Gene Simmons based on my skill set, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> right. If you change my costume to fit your, your skills. Say, this is what I know how to draw. So that's what you're going to be. <laughs> that's okay. Okay. That's perfect. That's fine. Well, Kim, I hope to have you back on again. Maybe, maybe at the season finale, we can come Ooh, back. That would be fun. I would love it for sure. You do a recap. I'm just pitching it out great. there. Yeah, take it, let's leave it. it take the it, universe. leave it. Yep. Okay, we'll throw I, it out I, in I the like universe. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Sharday. Thanks again to Kim Garland for coming on the show and to Sharday Sellers for hosting. You can catch Chucky on Sci-Fi and USA Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And as always, thanks to you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, leave us a review. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. For news about new episodes and more, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Final Draft Inc. and on Instagram at Final Draft Screenwriting. This podcast was produced by Kayla Guess and co-produced by Emma Vranich. Editing is by Sean Bonnet. Music is by T. Kelly. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time, right on. 